Alright, so everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash ringslore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash ringslore, expressvpn.com slash ringslore to learn more. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, the show that explores the background of Tolkien's amazing world from the very beginning. Welcome back, friends. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm glad you guys are tuning back in to this episode of the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. This episode, I am talking about the sundering of the elves, the division of the different elves into their different groups. And if all you've ever done is watched the movies or read the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, then it's pretty clear that the elves aren't all part of the same group. They get divided. And uh, I'm on location again today next to some water. In, I'm sure you can hear some of the uh, some of the crickets and things out. It's, it's dark out. And I, I want you to use the ambiance here in order to picture what it would have been like. And let's go back two episodes. Let's go back before I talked about the dwarves. Think about when I talked about the discovering of the elves waking up and the elves had already been awakened by Iluvatar and they were discovered by Orome. Remember Orome the hunter? 
had come across them in the wild, and some time had passed. The the big conflict with the Valar chaining up Melkor, and the elves witnessing, at least at a distance, the conflict, the, the lights in the sky and the roaring of the earth underneath them as that conflict played out. And sometime after that, they were visited again. Again, Orome came to them. And this time, he said, The path is safe. We welcome you to Amon, the blessed realm. We want you to come live with us. We want to know more about you. We want to keep you safe. And the elves were skeptical. They were, they were scared. And some of them decided... You know what? We will send ambassadors. And so they volunteered three ambassadors from the three main houses. And there's some details about why there are three main houses. This is something I'm going to go into in the extended extra episodes that that I put out for the patrons because this this stuff gets a little sticky. And this is just side note here. This episode is going to have lots of different names, lots of different words that you're going to have to remember. And I'm going to do the best I can in order to make sure that these names stick. But bear with me here. For now, we have Ingway, Finway, and Elway. So I, F, and E. Ingwe, Finwe, and Elwe. They represent the three houses of the elves. Ingwe, the first house, Finwe, the second house, and Elwe, the third house. And those three ambassadors went back with Orome, and the rest of the elves waited. And remember, there's no sun, there's no moon, there's only the light of the trees. So there's endless stars in the sky. And the rest of the elves wait. And some of the elves were very skeptical. But most of the elves from these three houses were, were hopeful. And on a night like this, these three ambassadors return. And when they returned, they were different. The light of the trees of Valinor shone in their faces. And they spoke of things that the other elves could only imagine. Beauty and bliss and what it must have been like to walk among the Valar and to have spent time with these spirits who had spent time themselves with Iluvatar. And so they convinced a number of the rest of the host of their people to travel with them all the way back to Amman, to Valinor. Now, at this time, there were only so many elves. And we have a date. This is, and this is, I'm going to start using dates here because dates actually become useful at this point. This is the year of the trees. And the years of the trees date differently than regular years. So the year of the trees 1050 and every year of the year of the trees is almost 10 regular years. It's just short of 10 regular years. And so just kind of keep that in your head. So year of the trees 1050 and the elves here call themselves the Quendi 
And that'll be the first word I want you to keep in your mind. The quendi, because it means those who speak with voices. And we talked about that originally. And at this time, there are only so many of them. These three clans decide that they're going to set out. And from that moment on, they can also be known as the Eldar. And I'm sure that word, that name, that title probably rings true to you. That's a, that's a word that is used very commonly in Tolkien, but also in so many other fantasy words. Eldar, it's almost a synonymous with elves. It, it, it also sounds like elder, like the, the elder races, the elder beings, right? The Eldar. And that specifically in this world means the elves of the great journey and specifically from Kuvienen, uh, Suvienen, maybe uh, the pronunciations are, of course, not my strong suit. But Suvienen is the place where they start out. That's the location by the the bay next to the the water where they awoke and where they had lived all this time until they were welcomed to travel all the way to Amman. And at this moment, you now have these clans. These clans that are formed for this journey. So Ingwe's people are the Minyar. Finway's people are the Tatyar. And Elway's people are the Nelyar. So Ingwe, Minyar, Finway, Tatyar, Elway, Nelyar. But once they start traveling and they start headed towards... Valinar t- towards the Amon. They are now the Eldar as a group because they are the ones who decide to head off for the journey. Now, there are some other people. There are some other elves who decide that they don't want to go. They refuse. They are the unwilling and the refuser refusers, and they are called the Avari. So whenever you hear the word Avari, and it sounds like they're evading something, the Avari, those are the elves who refuse. They never see the light of the trees, and they never even decide to even head over towards the light of the trees. These are elves who live in the wild. They, 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 they're still elves. They just never had head out on that journey. They don't necessarily become orcs unless they're captured later. But they live in forests, they do elven things, they're elves just like any other elves, but they just don't head out on that journey. They are the Avari. And they go on and they do elven things until, you know, much later in the stories, and they just kind of do their thing, right? That's where we're at so far. Now, there's so much more to the history of the elves and what happens to all of these different groups as time moves on, but for this version of the Sundering of the Elves, I'm going to give you just kind of a rough outline for where each of these groups go and how they continue to divide from this point forward. And I'm going to do the best I can in order to keep this concise and understandable because you're going to get a lot of different titles here. So with each of these groups, there's something else I want you to understand. The Minyar, who are Ingwe's group, the first group, descended from the first elf who was woken up. And in Tolkien's thoughts and writings, that 
also means that they were the most willing. This, this is Ingwe's group. And so they head out post haste. They are the most willing to get to Amman. So their group is just, they beeline it. <laughs> they, they, they are ready to go. And all of the entire group decide to go. This is another point that needs to be made here. There are 14 of them and all 14 decide that they're headed that way. They're the smallest group, but 100% of them decide to, to go. The second group, the Tatyar, Finway's group, only half of them decide to go. There's 56, but 23 of them decide to head out and they take a little bit more of their time. The third group, the Nelyar, which means thirds, each of these groups are named for their position. Minyar firsts, Tatyar second, Nelyar thirds. 46 of them of the 74 decide to go. They're the largest group. And here we go with names again. They're also known as the Lindar. They call themselves the Lindar because of their great singing voices. They love to sing. But then again, don't all the elves love to sing? But this group in particular love to sing. So again, they are the Nelyar. So the Minyar first, Tatyar second, Nelyar thirds, also known as the Lindar, who love to sing. I think I've recapped that enough. So you guys at least have some grip on this. All of those are the Eldar, and then they head off, right? Ingwe, Finwe, Elwe. So that's it, right, Tom? Like, this all goes easy from this point on. You get no more names, everything. They just travel all the way to Amman. Easy peasy, right? Well, of course not. It's way more complex than that. Orome and the elves, we get the story of their travels, and he's bringing them all the way from the east west across the continent they're traveling all the way across middle earth and beleriand and so they have to cross over these locations that we're familiar with which is really cool so they head over and start traveling toward the greenwood which you might recognize more as murkwood but this was of course way before that happened and this is where we're getting to stuff that actually is familiar to people who have read the hobbit and the lord of the rings remember the misty mountains they exist at this point in the history they already exist and they stick around for a long time over ages of the world well you know what they see as they begin to get closer the remnants of the battle with melkor they see charred earth and land and the upheaval of the world as the conflict played out and during this time is when some of the elves decide that they're not going with the rest of this journey that this looks dangerous that maybe this isn't for them and they leave and maybe they head back and go with the rest of the avari or maybe they just decide to stop traveling at that point we don't really know but this is the first time that you get a sundering of the elves after they leave. There's division. And notice that we keep on subdividing. Not only do you have these three groups, the Vanyar, the most willing, the Noldor, the, they're pretty still willing, the Teleri, the ones kind of following up in the background. But now you have some of these other, the second and the third group who are just like, oh, maybe, maybe this isn't really what I want. 
And this isn't the only time this will happen, because this journey is long, and there's a lot more in store for them. So let me tell you a little story. You know that we get sponsors on these podcasts and Yuffie, who does these smart locks with video cameras in them, reached out and they sent me a smart door lock with a 2K camera, a doorbell and a finger reader, all the bells and whistles. And I was like, OK, cool. They sent it to me. I already have one on my back door. When I opened this up and installed it, I was like, why didn't I go with Yuffie to begin with? Because this is a step above the one that I've been using. The finger reader just works. The 2K camera is so clear. I can see when somebody's at the front door, if it's Amazon or if it's somebody trying to sell me something. It even has night vision and works in the dark. It makes me feel so much safer. Plus, my son can just put his finger on the door and just come right in when he gets home from school. He doesn't have to worry about losing keys and you don't even have to change the batteries in these because it's got like a 10,000 milliwatt hour battery that lasts for like four months. Go check these out today. Search for Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Again, search Eufy Video Lock. I think you'll love it. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Again, thank you for going on this journey with me. I hope this isn't too complex. I'm trying to make sure all of these names at least get a chance to stick in your head. I remember when my father, who I mentioned on the last episode, warned me about reading some of these books as a as a kid still, that he said that that's one of the most difficult parts about this mythos is all the names. And so I'm making a point. Try and make sure those names stick in your head. But uh, thank you for joining me again. And thank you to Jeffrey S., our newest patron. Thanks for signing up. I hope you're enjoying those bonus episodes and the ad-free episodes you're getting. And if you're listening to this wondering, hey, how can I help support the show? Or how can I get some extra stuff? Well, go to patreon.com slash L-O-T-R Lorecast. You can check out at this point six bonus episodes where I talk about all sorts of extra things in and around the lore, everything from uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's extra interviews that he did in like the 1960s and some extra commentary in and around the topic, some extra information that you might be interested in, or, you know, just ad-free episodes, which are super great if you're trying to catch up on the episodes at this point. 
For the bonus episode this week, I will be talking about the original elves that were woken up and the order they were woken up in. We actually know the names of the well, the name of the first elf who was awoken and the order that that elf woke up the other elves in order. It's really crazy. I'm also going to talk about this theme about uh, an individual, a, a, a male who falls in love with a more powerful female and how that kind of plays out. So if you're interested in that, check out the patron bonus episodes. So check that out. I really appreciate all the support. This helps support me because this is my full-time job and every little bit helps. And so I really genuinely appreciate it. So big thanks to all 10 of our patrons, 10 patrons already. Thank you so much to all of you. Also, if you'd like to help me out in other ways, it, man, it really is a huge help. If you were to just take a minute out of your day to go to Apple podcasts and leave a rating in a review, a five-star rating with some words gets read out on a future episode of the show. So if you want to hear yourself, get read out, just leave me a review on there or If you listen on Spotify, leaving a five-star review, or I'm sorry, a rating on Spotify, you can't leave reviews on there yet. That'd be cool if you could. Um, Will also help me out as well. It makes sure that this show shows up higher on the list for search and make sure that other people know that it's a good show worth checking out. So that would help a ton as well. Also, if you have any friends that love the Lord of the Rings stories, then telling them about the show is extremely helpful as well. Your words will mean so much more than mine when they go look this stuff up. So thanks again to everybody and all of your support. You guys are absolutely the best. I really appreciate it. All right. I'm going to stop talking your ears off. Let's get on with the rest of this episode. So are you guys ready for another name? I mentioned the Misty Mountains. I mentioned Greenwood. So they travel through Greenwood and they get to the Misty Mountains, which was called Hithyglir. And at this time, the mountains were much taller. And we already know from the story of the Lord of the Rings that crossing the Misty Mountains was very difficult. There were only a few places that you could actually cross the Misty Mountains. And at this time in history, It was even more difficult. And Orome stops the elves in order to try to figure out how to get them across. So Orome leaves them for a while. And actually, they sit here at the River Anduin for a number of years. This traveling takes a very long amount of time. And Orome surveys the mountains, and they actually use the same pass across the mountains next to Rivendell that we hear about much later. It is still the best pass across the mountains. And when Orome comes back, he shares this path with them forward. And most of them use this path to cross. But there are a few that decide to head south. Some of the Teleri, the third group, break off and head south. They are now known as the Nandor. Of course, there's a new name. They're known as the Nandor, which means those who go back. They're also later on known as the Sylvan Elves. This should be another phrase that seems familiar from the Lord of the Rings. The Sylvan Elves right here are divided from the main group. Anybody who's a Sylvan Elf in the Lord of the Rings descended 
from this group of Teleri, the Nandor, who decided not to cross the pass at this moment. Now, it needs to be said that these are not counted among the Avari. They're not considered the unwilling or the refusers because they originally set out with a plan to cross the sea to Amman, to Valinor. But they got sidetracked, let's say. And this group, the Nandor, the Sylvan Elves, never quite make it. From this point on, they lose the main group and they stay in Middle-earth. The majority of the Sindarin Elves then end up in Mirkwood or the Greenwood and in Lorien. So generally those two areas for the most part. Now I say for the most part because there is a group that also comes from this section of elves that is called the Lequende, who or Lequendi, why did I say Quende? Uh, who who continue south around the, the bottom section of the mountains over continue to the west and are called the Green Elves, who you might be more familiar with as some of the elves that potentially Bilbo and Frodo come across over on the more uh, western side of the continent who live in the forests on that side. And they're not considered sylvan elves, they're considered green elves. So these all descend from this group of Teleri who broke off from the group during the travels. But the rest of the group, the Vanyar, the Noldar, and the Teleri continue following Orome across the rest of Middle-earth. What's cool about this next moment is that they continue west across what is basically the main road across Middle-earth. It's the main road that gets traveled on in the other stories. In The Hobbit, in The Lord of the Rings, they continue across Eriador, across what eventually would be the path that is used between Rivendell and the Shire. This part of the story revisits so many of the places that we know from the other stories. And here they are traveling from east to west across it. Also, during this time, the remember I talked about how the different groups were, some of them were a little bit more willing and some of them were a little bit less willing. Well, it's not so much that they're willing. It's just uh, the Vanyar were way more excited and they said they kept up at the front of the group and the Noldor next most excited. The Teleri least most excited. And it's at this point that they really begin lagging behind. The Vanyar and the Noldor make it over the next set of mountains from Middle-earth into what is now Beleriand, which if you're familiar with the Lord of the Rings maps, isn't there because spoiler alert, that part goes away, but they make it over the mountains and the Teleri are lagging behind. And at this point, they're still called the Nelyar. This is where they get the name, the Teleri. This at this point, they are substantially behind the rest of the group, but they know the path that they've been traveling. This is where things really start to change for this group as a whole. The rest of the story for the Vanyar and the Noldor is told in Amman, in Valinor, because those two groups make it. (laughs) That's their story in Middle-earth for this part of the history, is that they follow Orome and they make it. They get on his ship and they head across the sea, story over, 
at least for now, because lots of other stuff happens over in Valinor. And of course, the story is definitely not over once they get over there. Also, the Noldor are going to become one of the most interesting groups of the elves, and they're going to have some of the most interesting stories yet to tell. This part becomes all about the Teleri because as they're lagging behind across Beleriand, Elway, their leader, he's their king at this point. And I don't think I mentioned that before. Ingway, Finway, and Elway, their ambassadors, are their kings as well. He gets distracted <laughs> and probably for some good reason here. On the traveling across, he comes across something or someone that catches his eye and probably for some really good reason. And this is a theme that happens for the first time in Tolkien's works that will echo over and over and over again in the forest of Nan Elmoth. Elway comes across Melian. She is a Maya. You remember the Maya, right? They're just a tier below the Valar. Melian is a Maya of Yavanna. Yavanna being life growth. And Melian was the fourth greatest and one of the most pow- powerful of the Maya. And she was wise and beautiful. So imagine here, you are Elway, the king of this third group of elves, and you stumble into this forest, and this is only the second Maiar you've ever seen, and she's beautiful, and she's singing, and immediately you become enchanted. And you disappear from the world for over 200 years. And these are years of the trees, which are almost equivalent to 10 regular years. This is 2000 years, regular time, 2000 years. You just disappear from time enchanted by this beautiful Maya. So yeah, your people get kind of stuck <laughs> in Middle Earth for a bit. Um, so the rest of the elves head off. The Teleri get stuck here. So the rest of your people kind of make a home in this forest waiting for you to wake up from this enchantment. They don't know where Elway has gone. They don't know what's going on. She's very powerful. The two of you are, I guess, on this honeymoon for 200 years. And when Elway finally wakes up from this, he comes out of this slumber and decides he's not going anywhere. He's going to make this his home and he's going to stay with her. Some of the Teleri, though, decide that they still want to continue on to Valinor. And Olmo comes back. Now, this isn't Orome. This is Olmo, the sea spirit. And uses an island, and I I said ship before, but really it's an island that he uses to ferry these elves across the sea and brings over some of the Teleri over to Valinar. So eventually they do make it 
and they're the third group to settle over in Amman. But some of them decide to stay. Some of the Teleri settle down with Elway, who is now known as Thingol. So from this point forward, if you hear the name Thingol, that is the name of the leader of this group that decides to stay in Beleriand, who is previously known as Elway. And then there's the group of the Teleri who were too far away and didn't hear Ulmo's summoning them, or the group that just decided not to stay with Thingol. So these elves, the elves that decide to stay in Beleriand, are as a group known as the Sindar. So not Sylvan, Sindar. Sylvan are the ones over in Middle-earth. Sindar are the ones that are staying over here in Beleriand. And then there are the Thalathrim, who are a subset of these Sindar who decide to live over in the coast. They're kind of the ones who are living over in by the sea, who are part of the group that live with Kirdan, who is a name that you might find familiar. So let's recap a little bit. We've got, so far, we've got the Minyar who become the Vanyar and decide to travel across the ocean. Their leader is Ingwe. We have the Tatyar who become the Noldor, whose leader is Finwe. They travel across the ocean. That part's pretty simple. We have the Avari, who are the ones who decide not to travel across the ocean. Then we have the Nelyar, the third group, whose leader is Elway, who become the Teleri. All of these groups, the Minyar, the Tatyar, and the Nelyar, become the Eldar because they, they heed the summons, right? They all become the Vanyar, the Noldor, and the Teleri. The Teleri divide into multiple groups. Some of them stay and become the Nandor, the Wood Elves, and the Laquendi, the Green Elves. Some of them later stay because Elway falls in love with Amaya, <laughs> and those become the Sindar. And then some of them continue across the ocean and end up in Valinar. Now, those Teleri who end up in Valinar also become known as the Falmari, the sea elves, because they live along the coast. Got it? Got it so far? I know there's a lot of names here, but these things will come back up later. I will remind you what they mean. And the ones that are the most important, don't worry, they will come up again and again and again. So that's those are the names so far. There are a few other titles that will come up, but they aren't as important as these. Don't worry if this was a little confusing. The The most interesting thing here is the way that these groups get divided. And if you're going to hold on to anything right now, know that the Noldor are the deep elves. They are the second group and they are the most interesting to pay attention to. The Vanyar are the fair elves. They're the first ones. They're the good, good boys. And there's really not a whole lot to know other than that. And then the Teleri are the ones who, for the most part, stuck around in Middle Earth. And we're going to get back to them eventually. And the divisions of their group are going to play into things in the future. So just kind of hold on to that for now. That's where we are with the elves. There's going to be way more about that stuff in the future. And there are some other names I can give you, but I'm going to hold back on that until future episodes because 
I don't want to overwhelm you on this stuff. So stay tuned for that. I'll see you guys next week. And until then, keep up with the group or you're going to get left behind. Unless, of course, you know, you fall in love with a super powerful, beautiful goddess in, a, in the woods for 2000 years. That may not be so bad. All right, everybody. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you'd like to learn more about other fantasy worlds, check out my other podcasts, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Witcher Lorecast, and more at robotsradio.net. If you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Twitter at robots underscore radio or join our amazing community on the Robots Radio Discord. There are links in the show notes or just search Robots Radio Discord or find the link on robotsradio.net. I'll see you next time. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play.